Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. Good afternoon, it's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Yes, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And uh, also joining me, it is the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. How are you doing, sir? Uh, What a beautiful day, Steve. It certainly is. It'd be a beautiful day to get out the Great Lakes Dragway, too, this weekend. And, uh, of course, uh, it's fall, but there's no reason why you can't go out the Great Lakes Dragway with weather like this. Certainly, it was a cool day yesterday, but things are warming up nicely. We got sun, and actually going to even warm up during the week. And next week should be next weekend should be spectacular too. So, uh, it, it may be fall, but there's no reason why you can't enjoy the weather, whether it's going to Great Lakes Dragway or looking at new or used certified used cars at David Hobbs Honda at 6100 North Green Bay Road. So, Jeff, a lot of a lot of activities going on, and big show today, of course. Uh, we're, and of course, the big news for race fans, especially for us in Wisconsin, uh, what a night uh, Sam Mayer of Franklin, Wisconsin had on Thursday night. Uh, kind of reverse uh, reverse racing here because they were supposed to do the ARCA race and then do the, uh, the, um, the Gander Mountain Truck Series. And the ARCA race was delayed, so they ran the, the Truck Series first. And in, only in the seventh Truck Series race... Sam Mayer took control to last probably, I think, third of the race, uh, ran away with it, and, and just looked so impressive. He wasn't done yet, though. Following race, the ARCA race, in which, you know, if Ty Gibbs is in it, it's it's basically, you know, almost a cup-quality car in the ARCA series uh, with so much uh, backing with that. It's it's in a class of its own. They uh, He was ha- had issues with uh, a very loose car all, all all race but Sam Mayer once again dominated that race and, and just uh, you know drivers reach plateaus Jeff in their careers and, and he has certainly uh, has arrived at that next one hasn't he oh he sure has he is definitely a rising star and you know watching that truck race there was a, there was a time and you know obviously hats off to 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 mayor he he raced phenomenal his car was great uh kept his nose out of trouble i got a kick uh for a while there i think it was in you know stage 1 uh where you had uh Sauter, mayor and kraus running 2 3 4 you got 75% of the top 4 all from wisconsin that was uh that was good to see but um you know, he definitely made his mark. And the fact that he's not, you know, he's just barely old enough to uh, 
you know, to sit there and, and run in the series. Uh, it, hats off to him, man. Franklin, Wisconsin zone. That's just, that's amazing. And what a wonderful job. There's no way in heck where if that was me, Steve, that I would have been able to get back in that car and win the ARCA race. I would have been smiling ear to ear uh, the entire uh, the entire race. It had to be hard to concentrate. Well, it's, it certainly must boost your your confidence, you know, winning a truck race and then saying, oh, i got to run the ARCA race. Well, this should be pretty easy. But, you know, of course, you know, Ty Gibbs has looked very, very good. And, you know, there's there's some people saying out there, well, he's got the equipment to win, you know. and But, you know, the kid is talented. But, and like I said, he's been pretty much, it, it's Ty Gibbs, and then you have the the, the Venturini uh, Motorsports, you know, Toyotas, and you have the Scott Mayer 21 car, uh, almost in a, in a B class, but he was just just in a class in itself in itself for that ARCA race. So he goes out and wins that, you know. And I and I go back, you know, this is a kid who's rises up every division. He's a winner in every division he's raced in. He's shown the talent, and to be honest, we've seen this before, you know. But this is a kid where you see it develop and develop. And he was very, very fast when he started to drive the full-body stock cars at a very young age of 15, even younger with, with the late models. But I, I go back, I still go back to that ARCA race at uh, Pocono in, I think it was June, where, you know, he's he's looked fast, but sometimes he would get into trouble, wreck or overdrive the car, put, put himself in a bad position. This was a case in, at Pocono where he didn't have the car to win, but... And it was probably a, 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 a fifth-place car. But he worked. He managed it. He managed it. Of course, Ty Gibbs ran away with the race, if I recall. But he got the car up to third place. And I was more impressed with that because I thought he overachieved with with a basically a fifth place car getting it up to third place showed a lot of maturity worked with the pit crews worked with the tire management and uh, I thought you know this is the I thought okay now he's got to that plateau and now this uh, last Thursday I think he's reached another plateau where your confidence level and everything of course the big news too last uh, last week was him signing with uh, Junior Motorsports and once he hits 18 he's going to be full time then on the Xfinity series that has to give you a boost of confidence so things are certainly welcome, uh, looking good for Franklin owns uh, Sam Air. Oh yeah, the the sun is is shining on uh, on that young man and uh you know, he's definitely proven that, you know, given the right equipment and everything like that, he's mature enough to stay out of trouble. You know, it's one thing to uh stay out of trouble and and get a better finish with uh with your car at Pocono. It's a whole other to do it in Thunder Valley at Bristol where you are door to door basically the entire race and uh for him to stay out of trouble the uh the whole truck race there and and it was a good race you know uh it, it wasn't like it was uh it was boring he he ran top five the whole time he didn't really uh crack the lead until you know midway through but uh you know a phenomenal race and that kid is going to have so much success I, it's funny when, uh, when they were interviewing him after the truck race, it looks like he hasn't had to shave once in his life. That kid looks young, Steve. Yeah, he does. And, uh, let's take a look at the results here. Yeah, of course, the uh, mayor finishing first over Brett Moffat. And uh, one thing we need, when you look at the top, uh, you know, 20, uh, a lot of the, the playoff guys didn't do that well. I mean, Brett Moffat was the, the highest placing, uh, driver that that's in the playoffs, and then you have to go all the way down to seventh and eighth place, where you have Grant Enfinger and Tyler Ankrum, and then you have Crafton, Creed, Eckes, uh, Rhodes, and uh, Garland or uh, Gilland, you know, finishing eleventh uh, through fifteenth. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. You have uh, Tanner Gray and Parker Kligerman, who's running part time, uh, does pretty well, and that's one of his better tracks. Parker Kligerman uh, finishing fourth, Trevor Bain in fifth in that forty-five Nice truck who took over for Ty Majeski. Uh, Ty Majeski, who certainly has struggled, uh, and, and you, you show Bane going into that car and gets a top five. That doesn't really bode well, for, unfortunately, for Ty Majeski. Uh, and hopefully he can regroup and kind of get his NASCAR career back underway. 
Uh, any any comment on that, Jeff? It definitely is uh, not not good for Majeski there with how well uh, Trevor Bain did run. But you know you got to keep in mind Trevor Bain has got so much more experience than Majeski does, both on the uh, Cup level, you know, just in all three NASCAR series. So. You know, he won at the on the cup uh, level. You know, he's Daytona 500. You know, you do expect that. Yeah, you certainly do. And you know, well, well, and it's so difficult with a lot of these drivers. Uh, change you know. the result there from where that car, or I'm sorry, where that runs to where it finished uh, at Bristol. Yeah, it, uh, your phone was cutting out there, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, you look at you know somebody like Ty Majeski. Unfortunately, in the past, you know, they, you put a driver in, and he would be able to get some, you know, get the reps. And what's so common with these drivers, especially with Ty, you're not getting the full reps. Now, granted, he get he got a lot of starts this year. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, maybe it wasn't you know the best communication between him and the crew chief. Who knows? But uh, you know, it, it just with with the times now, these young drivers certainly have to produce, or they'll be looking uh, to put somebody else. Because let's let's face it, there's so many good young drivers. You look at the truck series too, which is developing some really serious uh, talent, and then moving up to, into the next series. Case in point, Sam Mayer. And I did want to kind of bring up this point where there's been you know some some talk about well, he's just a rich kid and that. Well, granted, you know, let's face it, the, the economics of racing is certainly has evolved over the last 20 years, even more so in the last 10 years, and that's gone all the way down into pretty much all the NASCAR ranks, even in somewhat, uh, if you look at USAC racing, some of the dirt car racing, you know, unless you have a checkbook with you, it, it's really hard to get a ride. Uh, and so let's face it, with his father, uh, Scott Mayer, and that, who's done some racing himself in the past, Sam Mayer does have the means uh, his father has invested a lot into his career. Uh, my my guess would be somewhere over two million dollars, probably, in his career so far, if not more. And but you still have to produce. And anybody who looks at that kid can see, yes, he is talented. And because of his father, he's been able to show that. But you still have to show the results with that. And that unfortunately is is the issue that you're running with. I mean, only the, there's only there's not too many kids out there, uh, case in point, you look at Kyle Larson, why he ended up on Chip Ganassi Racing, was because Chip was the only one that offered him a ride uh, without bringing his checkbook. So, you know, it, it's certainly an issue in racing nowadays, and it's, it, it's kind of a sad commentary that without a checkbook, Jeff, it's really hard for these young drivers to develop their talent. It is, you know, it is sad that racing has come to that, but, uh, you know, that's the, the day that we're in. And with uh, limited sponsorship and sponsorship dollars being down overall, you know, unfortunately that's the state of the sport. But, uh, you know, you do have to have talent as well. And, you know, if you sit there and throw $2 million at, uh, at Sam uh, Mayer's car, and, you know, you, you see the results that you get. He wins the, the truck race at Bristol. You give me $2 million to spend on a truck and see what I can do at Bristol. I guarantee you I'm not parking that bad boy in victory lane. So, you know, yes, finances is a big part, but you also have to have the talent to go along with it. Steve Zaki talking to the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski in the Great Midwest Hotline on the final inspection show here brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Got a full show today. Uh, we're going to be taking a break here, here in just a moment. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Xfinity Series at Bristol last night. Uh, Jeff will get us up to date on the happenings there. Uh, then uh, the second half of the hour, we'll be returning with Dennis Michelson. And he's going to give us some a little more uh, insight on, on Sam Mayer. Uh, Dennis was able to spend some time uh, with with the mayors and that, and uh, uh, kind of sh- 
walk us through his early earlier days before he got into NASCAR and then also get get you up to date with some NASCAR news. The second half of the show, uh, Guy Hobbs will be joining us. We'll be talking IndyCar racing and maybe a little Formula One. Lots of stuff happening in IndyCar racing. Mid-Ohio last week, and plus some uh, silly season, uh, some rides in that developed uh, for 2021, and also a new venue, too, for the IndyCar series. We'll be talking about that. And then also with Eddie Lapine uh, from RacingNation.com. We'll give, he'll give us an update on the 24 Hours of Le Mans, certainly a different different scene there in France uh, this weekend where uh, no fans uh, in uh, Le Mans and uh, they'll be racing of course at Circuit de la Sarthe and it's uh, kind of an odd scene with uh, these cars out there and uh, where you know you get probably almost a quarter million people there uh, in France uh, none just uh, participants corner workers and whatnot so uh, we'll talk to Eddie about that and also our we'll have a uh, finally the sh- uh, end of the show, we'll have uh, three questions with Larry Janicek and see if he can stump me. And I think think there's a chance he might be. So we're uh, broadcasting in the David Hobbs Mobile Studio here at Road America for the Aaron's Fall Vintage Festival. Uh, great, great weather out here. It runs through uh, Sunday, so come on up to Road America. A lot of neat cars up here, too. Uh, we've been, uh, Guy Hobbs is with me now. We've been kind of checking things out all weekend. And, uh, uh, the neat thing is, uh, a lot of different race cars because, uh, uh, HR, HRS is out here, the, uh, uh, historic uh, sports cars. Uh, and, uh, so we have a, a different mix of cars that you would usually see up at, uh, Road America. But lots of doings to it and in Elkhart Lake this evening, too. We'll talk about that and more coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to the final inspection show broadcasting live from Road America for the Aaron's Fall Festival, Vintage Fall Festival here at Road America. Great weather here, uh, taking a lunch break now, but uh, we'll have uh, cars back on the track soon here in just a moment. And uh, joining me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, the Polish Pipe on Jeff Orlowski. And uh, last night, uh, racing at Bristol for the Xfinity Series and uh, Chase Chase Briscoe won the Food City uh, 300, uh, his seventh win of the year. Jeff first at Bristol, his ninth career win, and a uh, pretty impressive run by Chase Briscoe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was impressive. Uh, it was a great race last night in the Xfinity Series, and again, it was kind of like uh, three separate races all in one. Justin Allgaier, you know, came out and and pretty much dominated the first half of the race, and you thought he was just going to drive away with that thing for uh, his third win in a row, and then he had some problems, ended up getting uh, getting into the fence a little bit, and uh, and he dropped back, and then Austin Sindrick uh, was at, at the point for a while and had a real strong car until his power steering went out with about 15. Uh, about 25 laps to go last night. Uh, he lost his power steering. And uh, the fact that he was able to hold on for those final 25 laps and bring it home for a third-place finish was uh, was pretty amazing. And then, you know, Briscoe obviously took advantage. But, uh, you know, to me, one of the big storylines of uh, the race last night was Ross Chastain. And, uh you know, I, I want to root for this kid. Uh, he, you know, I he seems like my kind of driver and all that. But man, does he get his fenders dirty? That kid is not. He is not scared to uh, put the fender, the chrome horn, uh, pretty much on anybody. Well, yeah, and he he is getting quite the reputation, and you wonder. You know, for me, I mean, there, there's, we've been saying that on the show for a while. There, there, there's a finesse way to, I guess there, there, there's the bump and run, 
you know, Rubin is not ra- ra- you know, Rubin is racing and all that stuff, but crashing isn't. And I don't know if this is something uh, eventually he'll kind of catch on to. If maybe one of the senior drivers or maybe sit down with him and say, you know, you need to settle down a little bit. I mean, we we said it and we said this in a previous segment. Sometimes it, it's a lot easier to to slow down a driver than speed one up. He hasn't yeah. put it all together yet, and and you know it's certainly kind of frustrating. And you know he's not the most favorite person in the garage area. I understand you're trying to, uh, you know, you're trying to get rides, you're trying to increase your your, your popularity or you can get wins and all that stuff, but he hasn't won yet this year. And you wonder, you know, like I said, with Sam Mayer, with, with, with that Pocono deal, he had a fifth-place car. He understood how to make the car better. He turned it into a third-place car. He wasn't going to win the race. And I think that happens with, with Chastain. He'll have a third-place car, but he's going to try and get the win instead of maybe, you know, and instead of pissing people off, just kind of deal the cards that are played to you. Now, granted, he is in the playoffs. This was the last regular season race of the year. We'll get we'll go through the, the drivers that made the playoff because there's one driver in there that I'm kind of, kind of rooting for, even though I don't think he has much of a chance. But, yeah, he is a kind of a frustrating, uh, frustrating driver. And the second uh, part of that, though, Jeff, is let's face it, the Cup Series, you want to be able to put a clean car in the trailer, don't you? And that, in, in the long run, they might go against them, won't it? Yeah, it, it definitely will. And teams are going to be wary of signing him to a deal at the next level with how expensive the cars are. And I don't care if it's the kind of car that they're running now or uh you know, the the new car that they're going to unveil after next season. You can't sit there and wear out your equipment and keep those body shop guys busy every single week of the season. You know, it's too expensive, and, uh, you know, those guys uh, could be utilized in, in other spots besides just fixing the car. It was interesting when him and Noah Gregson, and uh, they were racing each other, And Chastain got into the back, tried doing the bump and run on Gregson, ends up pulling alongside him, and and Gregson door slammed him. And, uh, you know, it was really early in the race, and then they they played the audio of uh, Gregson's spotter telling him to calm down and be patient and all that. Uh, Chastain reminds me a lot of Noah Gregson, but the difference is, you know, I think that Chastain will learn where I think that Noah Gregson hasn't learned. I think Gregson's in better quality equipment, but Chastain gets the more consistent, better finishes just because he's figured out a way to, A, you know, do a little bit of damage to the other guys without hurting his car too much. But he's smart enough to get his car to the end, where I think Gregson takes a lot more chances, and a lot of them are, are catastrophic and, and cost him the day. Yeah, you see, and once again, and this is where we've, we've been saying this for 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 a couple of years, that uh, NASCAR really needs to work with the truck series and the Xfinity series by growing their own crop of drivers and we're, we're, we're finally seeing the fruits of that because there's a bunch of young drivers in the truck series and once again in the Xfinity series too you got you have a really neat uh, group of young drivers here which I, I actually look forward to seeing you know got Chase Briscoe who won last night fantastic driver Indiana driver you know coming from the spring car ranks this kid is full of talent we talked about Ross Chastain Austin Sindrick it's fun when you have a driver, okay, let's face Austin Sindrick had an easier way into where he's at now than some drivers. He's the son of uh, uh, Tim Sindrick, who's head of uh, 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 Penske, uh, but he's been fast and very talented. He initially came through the road racing side. It's pretty much almost raced everything, even early on open wheels, but because of his height and that, he's just a little bit too big for open wheel racing. He fits better in the NASCAR uh, race car at this point, but you could really see this year he's he's gotten into that comfort zone 
he's he's able you know he was real competitive on the road courses but now the 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 light has finally come on on the oval tracks and is pretty much competitive at every track now harrison burton once again, is 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 certainly progressing well. Anthony Alfredo too. He is a young driver. He's been kind of a little bit under the radar, but has certainly he has shown some uh, strength over or uh, this year so far in that 21 car, hasn't he? He has, and uh, last night was uh, you know kind of a um, example of taking a fifth place car and driving it to third with Alfredo. Uh, he, his car was just so ill handling at the beginning of that race. And he was falling back and back and back, and he just went further and further down the leaderboard. And he was able to sit there and, you know, him and his team work on that car, get it better over the the course of the race, and he ended up with uh, one heck of a finish. So, you know, there's a lot of drivers that sit there, and when things aren't going their way, you know, call it either panic or maybe they lose – a little bit of interest and they're not up on the wheel as much as they should be. Uh, Alfredo uh, showed that uh, he's part of the other class that'll sit there and, and, you know, work through the difficulties, able to, you know, communicate with his team enough to get some of the problems figured out and to end up with a better day than he probably deserved last night. Right. Right. Very good. And uh, let's talk about the drivers who made the playoffs uh, for the Xfinity Series. Of course, uh, Chase Briscoe, who's been so dominant, and then probably the other, I think it's going to be between these two guys for the championship, uh, Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick. Of course, you have the veteran in the number seven car, Justin Allgaier, and then also making that the, the aforementioned uh, Noah Gregson. Brandon Jones in the 19, who was just crashing cars left and right. Once again, he's another guy who finally is starting to show some maturity and i think he's what he has three or four wins this year uh and is is certainly has progressed a lot further than i than he he certainly looked uh when they first came to daytona in february his his career has certainly progressed nicely justin haley harrison burton also making it ross chastain ryan sieg who's been he's just one of those guys he's always in the mix he's not in the best equipment but he always makes a generally good a good showing of himself. Michael Annette, who is a full-timer, but is, is pretty much just a super speedway uh, threat at this point. Riley Herbst, we, we've talked about him on this show, uh, in very good equipment, but there's just... Uh, he gets into a high-pressure situation, and, and the mistakes start coming with him. He's certainly a frustrating driver in that 18 car. Uh, and then, of course, uh, now it's been, he's been running the—he's registered as, as 86, but he's been running number 68 in honor of, of his father. He's fighting cancer, and that's Brandon Brown. That's the kid I wanted to mention. I'm um, really happy for this kid that they made it into the playoffs. It's a low-buck operation. And uh, it, it's one of the good stories, and it's good to see that this can uh, you can still kind of have a, a, a family kind of base, low-buck operation, even though it might not necessarily be that low-buck, but cons- you know, in, 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 in comparison to the other teams, uh, it's certainly nice to see Jeff uh, Brandon Brown in the, in the playoffs in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, it absolutely is, and that's one of the treats of the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series as well, is that you will get some lower-budget teams that get into the playoffs, A, because, you know, car counts are are generally down, but B, you know, the the competition level, you know, no one is spending uh, ahead and, like, you know, completely head and shoulders above everybody else on uh, the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series. So those guys are are better able to uh, compete with the larger teams. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a two-man race with uh, Cindric and Briscoe. We talked about it after they ran at Daytona. How You know, those are the only two Fords in the entire field in the Truck Series. And for them to... uh, to both be the two title favorites, in our opinion, uh, both point-wise, Austin Sindrick won the regular season title. Chase Briscoe has the most wins this year. Uh, just success and points-wise, that's that's mighty impressive that, you know, a manufacturer has only two rides, and they're both at the top of the game. Certainly is. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, they they certainly look good. And those are, yeah, I would say the two uh, the two favorites uh, going into this uh 
uh, final uh, end of the season here in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, let's take a quick break now. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, along with the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for the latest and new and, don't forget, certified used Honda uh, cars at davidhobbs.com. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. We're going to talk about the Cup Series and uh, see what's going on with there. And also give you a little more background on Sam Mayer from Franklin, of course, who uh, who double double winner on Thursday up at Bristol. So certainly a great story. Good to see the hometown kid do well, and he certainly has a bright future. We're going to talk more NASCAR and Sam Mayer coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with David Hobbs Honda. Joining us, yes, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from D-Mike Media, Dennis Michelson. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic, guys. It's great to be here. And, of course, it's uh, Bristol and one of our favorite tracks, of course. And uh, the Cup Series is racing tonight. And uh, what what says you about the Cup Series tonight? What do you think? This should be very interesting to see how this race goes. Um, and there's some weird statistical anomalies going into this race. If I were to ask you... Who was the only driver who has scored five top ten finishes in the last five races at Bristol? I bet you wouldn't say Clint Boyer, but that's it. So one of the bubble boys has a really good streak of top ten finishes going at Bristol, and that sets him up for a chance to make it into the round of 12. But I'm kind of liking Kyle Busch's chances, even though he didn't get the best of draws for the starting lineup. I like his chances of uh, making some noise today. Maybe finally, finally stopping that winless drought. Well, like you mentioned with uh, Clint Boyer, Dennis, uh, Ryan Blaney has led the most laps the last few trips to Bristol. He he hasn't won, but uh, he's led a bunch of laps there too. So he's below the line and he's basically uh a win or you're out uh, with this being a uh, playoff cutoff race and four drivers dropping out of the playoffs. So he's got a good shot as well. If advanced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes us so exciting is some of the guys that, you know, are needing a good finish have had a good track record here at Bristol uh, in the recent history. And it's important to say recent history because you're going back again with that 750 horsepower, you know, uh, package, and they haven't been running that all that uh, that long. So it's it's kind of a weird deal where as they took power away from the cars, you saw a different result at Bristol, and now giving the power back here, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, do these stats hold do we see just a crazy win you know we had no caution flags at all at the action track last week except for stage breaks and the competition caution do we see the same thing at bristol and turn it into a fuel mileage race here too i mean there's a lot of crazy stuff that could go on here tonight but it's bristol baby and that means it's going to be exciting that's a good point dennis um I think, you know, adding a horsepower, you would think that would help a driver like Kyle Busch. You know, a kid, yeah. a kid so talented, it, it seems like that that should be his forte. But like I said, you know, the one thing he's been battling all year long is that lack of practice. And you wonder, you know, coming off, you know, can, can that team actually be fast, you know, when they come off the truck? And that is a problem, is there are certain guys that have done really, really well in being able to come up to speed. And Look at Martin Truex Jr. as a classic example. When they first came back from the pandemic and they were doing no, you know, qualifying, no practice, he was not one of the best guys. But once that team got used to this routine, they'd gotten onto a pretty nice tear here. But there are other guys like Kyle Busch that, 
you know, he's such a, a refinement guy. He's such a run some hard laps in practice. You know, sometimes guys just go out there, some of the veterans, and they just put in some laps and make sure the car's in one piece and there's really not that important adjustments. Kyle Busch has always been one of those big adjustment guys. So it makes kind of uh, some sense that he's been struggling here. And when we say struggling, he's still running up front. He's still scoring top tens. It's just that he hasn't won a race all year. And that is shocking when it comes to a guy like Kyle Busch. Yeah, it's certainly, his, you know, you can see the frustration with that. And it, it'll be interesting, you know, especially with Blaney and, and Kyle Busch, too, you might see some excitement because uh, if they need to get that win, I don't think they're going to be afraid to get up on some people tonight. Well, Blaney I don't came think... out and said, you know, that if uh, he's faster and you're in front of him, look out because he's not going to sit behind and wait. He will he will lay you, uh, some chrome horn on you to, to get you out of the way. And that's what's going to be uh, the most entertaining with this being a cutoff race. You've got guys that need to basically win to advance. Ryan Blaney's one. D. Benedetto's another one. This is one of his better tracks. So it, uh, I, there's going to be fireworks galore. There's not a chance in hell that this thing goes caution-free with the exception of stage breaks. Dennis, uh, is, 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 is this something that the spotters may be able to help, you know, a, you know, car coming up behind you, especially in the, in the first two stages or first half of the third stage where you, you're going to have that ebb and flow and where if, especially if, uh, you know, there's some different pit strategies and guys are faster on newer tires, uh, these spotters really have to do tell the drivers, you know, car coming up on you, give them some room and, you know, we can get, get them, uh, later in the race, can't they? Yeah, I I think you're going to look at a case where a lot of guys are not going to be willing to really hang it all out until you get into maybe that last 50 to 100 laps. So it, It's going to be very interesting because I don't really think we've got a real good feel for who's going to be necessarily the guy to beat tonight, um, you know, because we we have so many differences than the last time we were racing at Bristol with something on the line. And, man, this is something else to have Bristol to be an elimination race. I kind of like that part of it. Well, it wouldn't be uh, Saturday if I didn't complain about something. So here we go. <laughs> I will complain that uh, this Bristol is a perfect track and a perfect example why I don't like the fact that the top 16 playoff drivers are starting in the top 16 position because if you, you know, you want to sit there and the guys who did not make the playoffs, they're running for stuff too. You can't tell me Tyler Reddick isn't itching to get a win. And uh, you know, Ryan Newman and you know, just everybody else they're, they're itching to, to prove themselves that uh, as well. And then you go to a track where, you know, you're starting 17th or less, and you're going to sit there and, you know, about lap eight, they're going to start lapping guys. So they start from way behind the eight ball, and uh, it just, to me, it, it, it's less exciting that way. Yeah, and one guy who's really had a good run as far as top ten finishes here over the last five races and again i like to use last five races as being relative because you're always seeing so many changes in the track the way they're treating the track with this you know grip compound and all these other things that they do seems like you go back any farther than five races and it's really a waste one of those guys is one of the non-cup guys and one of the guys looking to grab a win in his last season it's jimmy johnson with four uh top 10 finishes in the last five races here but you're right. Anybody who is starting after the top 16 guys is certainly at a huge disadvantage here in Bristol, the way we've seen racing lately, uh, you know, at all of the tracks, but especially here at, at Bristol Motor Speedway. Dennis, if Jimmy Johnson wins a race in the remaining races, I will drive down to Danville, Illinois, and buy you a dinner at the restaurant of your choice down there. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> Hey, well, I'll take you up on that because there's no lot, there's no, you know, chance to lose for me because I didn't say I would do it if he didn't win. So, 
Uh, that works out good for me either way. Uh, let's well, talk silly season. I don't think there's a chance for Steve to lose either because, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think there's too many uh, restaurants in Danville where, uh, you know, steak and lobster is a main dish that's like $100 a plate. So I think it's a win-win for both of you. Uh, we'll go over to the Beef House in Covington, Indiana, The, the some of the best no, food no, you could ever no, have around. It has to be in the town limits, city limits. Okay, well. Well, right here, then I'm going to order something off of everything on the menu at the Gilbert Street Cafe. You'll love that place. We're talking with Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Let's talk silly season. You know, earlier in the year, there was a rumor that the, the 48 car at Hendrick might be actually going away, but this, that has certainly quieted over the last month or so. Uh, who, where, where are we going to see? Are we going to now? There was some talk earlier in the week that you know Kyle Larson had not applied for reinstatement, and I mean, are we going to see Kyle Larson in the 48 car? Uh, are we going to see him in the 14? Uh, anything new there? Or Bubba, what's going on with Bubba? Of course, we also they announced that uh, uh, Daniel Suarez is not going to be in the 96 car anymore. And, of course, uh, uh, also LaJoy. Corey LaJoy was also leaving uh, that team. So anything going on? Have you heard anything? Well, what I've heard is a lot of rumors about some teams cutting uh, some cars for next year. So, you know, we're... What we're expecting in the, the big driver shuffle is going to be dependent on who loses rides and who else is a free agent. And it's pretty crazy because at the beginning of the year, very early on into this season, back right before the pandemic hit, um, there were rumors that Bubba Wallace would be out of the 43 car, but not because he was going somewhere better but because they were unhappy with his performance and that this was a make or break season for him. And then lo and behold, now all of a sudden he's got some sponsors interested in him. And all of a sudden he seems to be a guy that is rumored to maybe go to Hendricks, maybe to go to other teams. You've got teams shutting down and guys like Ty Dillon, who's going to have no problem with funding of a ride because of his granddaddy. And he, you know, where does he go? I mean, all of these these dominoes need to start falling into place until we get a real good read on who's going where. But I would not be surprised if some of these big teams do cut back because there's going to be a big drop in prize money next year in NASCAR. And there's already been a big drop in sponsor value. So, you know, if there's not as much money, there's not going to be as many uh, rides out there and another year of waiting for this new car that's supposed to save everybody money how many times have we heard that in nascar new rules gonna save you money and they never seem to anyway but the long and the short of it is there is a lot more uncertainty than there is certainty going into this silly season dennis if you had to put a percentage on it what would the chances be with Ty Dillon leaving his team that RCR fields another car and you get both grandsons racing for their grandfather? Oh, I, I don't know if, if that makes sense. But then again, where does the sponsorship come from? Do, does RCR, are they able to find all the sponsorship they need? Or is there going to be, you know, problem finding sponsors for that kid? Because he hasn't performed. Has he not performed, though, because the cars are bad or because his talent isn't there? I mean, there's there's so many uncertainties that go into this whole thing that, you know, you just have to kind of keep wondering, okay, what is going to happen and uh, who is the guy to beat? Who is this? I mean, there's just so much uncertainty right now. That's why I, I don't have a real good feel for who's going to be doing what because there's just way too much uncertainty going on in NASCAR right now. Yeah, there certainly is. And with Ty Dillon, I mean, uh, are, could we see the Richard Childress winery, uh, you know, sponsoring for the soul, for this whole <laughs> season? I think not. So it'll be interesting to see where, but let's face it. I don't think there's too many people that worried about Ty Dillon where he's going to land in 2021 to be. No, I think on the big scheme of things, that's, way down the radar of uh, what uh, fans or sponsors really care about right now. This is true. 
All right, Dennis, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to uh, get our predictions for Bristol and then also uh, some other news in NASCAR I wanted to go over with you guys when we when we come back on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with David Hobsonda. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotsky along with the Polish Pipe Bomb. Jeff Orlowski and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Dennis Michelson. And uh, kind of a surprise uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, Richmond TV ratings, of course, last week. Last Saturday's NASCAR Cup Series playoff race from Richmond. Average a 1.0 rating on NBC Sports Network. Marching the, mar- marking it as the least watched race at the track since 2001. Are you guys kind of surprised by this? I'm not surprised at all. Um, I've been actually very disappointed in what we've seen with NASCAR ratings before any other sports came back. Remember, NASCAR had it all to themselves. And, yes, they were the highest-rated sports event every week going up against replay sports. But And they're still competitive when it comes to looking at the ratings of sporting events. But this was supposed to be the big chance for NASCAR to shine. Everybody was locked down. Nobody could do anything. Now there's actual events going on, you know, in, in different communities in some states uh, where they're allowed to actually have some fun. And the NBA playoffs are back. The Major League Baseball is back, and now all of a sudden, and now NFL is back, and here goes NASCAR. You know, thankfully, it was a Saturday night race. You know, they didn't have much, you know, what what was it, Slippery Rock versus Eastern uh, Abnormal University, um, about the only two teams playing last week. Um, and that, Oh, or maybe Coastal Carolina versus Western Kentucky. I know that one was a thrill to all the college football fans. That was what NASCAR was going up against, and they had the worst ratings in almost 20 years. What it goes to show you is that auto racing is only popular with non-racing fans for the Tona 500 for NASCAR and the Indianapolis 500 for uh, open wheel. The rest of the year, forget it. Um, And that's the sad part. And what that's going to lead to is a drop in television rights next time those contracts come around. I'll tell you, I'm surprised, Steve. I thought that the ratings would be higher. Richmond is one of the most entertaining tracks, usually on a week-in, week-out basis. So I thought that uh, that alone would, would help. But I think that there's a serious problem with the way that NASCAR markets itself. Unless you watch uh, NASCAR Race Hub or the Dale Jr. Download uh, or are watching that week's NASCAR race, you don't see any commercials for uh, for NASCAR coming. And uh, you know, I think they just they're doing a really poor job of uh, of getting getting the marketing out there. That that's an interesting point because I know, especially when uh, Indy 500 IndyCar racing was on ABC, there's such a level of frustration because. You know what the date, especially with Fox. Fox does a very good job at promoting NASCAR, probably the best. And you certainly see that with Daytona. I mean, when the playoffs in the NFL start in uh, January, not even earlier in December, they start doing promos for the Daytona 500, just planting that seed. And sometimes they're just a 10-second promo, and you, you just want to put that little caveat. And it was interesting. Uh, I think that's one thing NBC, especially NBC Sports Network, needs to know. You know, you listen to some of the other radio stations or other. And I, I heard some people saying they didn't even know the Indy 500 was coming up. You know, when it when they ran it, you know, last month, and you know, it, it's certainly it's something they can work on, and I'm sure. The powers to be at IndyCar on 16th and Georgetown are, are, are aware of this. And NASCAR, too, uh, you know, that 
NBC maybe needs to do that because in the past they've they've done well. They've they've turned around, uh, you know, icons like the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby was nowhere 15, 20 years ago. It was for old people. People used to make fun of it. Now it's kind of hip again. And that's when, uh, you know, when when uh, NBC took over IndyCar racing, we were kind of looking for that same thing, the people you know, involved in the sport. And you wonder, it is certainly kind of a head-scratcher, Dennis, you know, uh, with with the ratings kind of tanking as they have. And, you know, and, and maybe the, the, you know, you know, it's one thing when everybody announced the segments and that, Everybody, well, this is a way to improve the racing, this and that. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me, and I always, I always kind of put a little more. Uh, I, 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 when the casual fan, those are the people I want to talk yeah. to. Those are your most people, the most important people, I think. And there, it's always confusion. Why are they stopping the race? What's going on? And and the other thing, when they do that, Dennis, and we've talked about this, maybe they should just just note it that it ends instead of yellow flagging and everything. Sometimes those breaks are five to seven minutes long, and I've seen them go to ten minutes, and especially the caution flags too. I'm like, what, it's still and I'll rewind it just to note how long is this caution flag, you know? And they have to. I mean, this is. It's 2020, man. You know, we always joke, hey, it's 2020. MTV, this and that. You got to move. You got to keep moving. And, and NASCAR just seems to be so lackadaisical, don't they? Yeah, they are. And it's not just NBC not promoting the races during their other programming, although the last time we saw Network do this, it was ESPN, and then they didn't renew the next uh, time. But after the Southern 500, we're talking one of the icons of stock car racing. It didn't even make the three-minute segment on the national sports that I play on my radio show every morning uh, down here in Danville. So if the Southern 500 doesn't get any attention because nobody died and there wasn't a big fight, how can you expect the race at Richmond to get any attention either? Real quick, uh, let's do predictions here before we go out. Uh, we're doing predictions for the cup race tonight at Bristol. Dennis, what says you? Kyle Busch is my pick. I'm going to go out on a limb and pick the guy that hasn't won all year. <laughs> all right. And, of course, uh, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, he's next, and he'll be posting these on the final inspection page here shortly. Uh, what's your prediction for tonight? I'm not going out on as much of a limb, but I'm going to say Chase Elliott. Ooh, Chase Elliott. Uh, I'm gonna go. I've been I've been saying this for a while. I've been I picked him multiple times, especially early on. What the heck? I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney. Timmy Hill. Yeah, well, Timmy Hill, Ryan Blaney. It might be the same guesses. You know, it depends. We don't know which Ryan Blaney's gonna show up. But for some reason, I, I just got you know, I just got a feeling. Once again, that's a feeling. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're going, if you're, if you have a, if you have a chance to bet, Harvick or Hamlin, <laughs> you can't go wrong. So. Yeah, Harvick, Hamlin, and Keselowski. He showed some uh, some amazing, uh, amazing speed on the short tracks this season. All right, let's take a quick break here. Steve Zotke broadcasting live from Road America. You can hear the cars are firing up as the afternoon sessions are starting then. Again, for the Aaron's Fall Festival here at Road America. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Guy Hobbs, uh, talking IndyCar racing. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 